everyone and welcome to Globalize Asia. Support for this podcast comes from Royal Beans Chocolates. Royal Beans is based out of Bangalore, India and specializes in Belgian chocolates infused with exciting flavors like masala chai, cappuccino, berry blast, walnut marble and many more. You can gift these special crafted chocolates to your loved ones in India by visiting their website www.royalbeans.in. Use the promotional code GLA10 to get 10% discount off your order. Thank you. Hi everyone and welcome to Globalization. Our guest today is Hannah Shu. She runs her own accountancy firm out of Moorgate in London. Her business model is catered to the niche population of medical professionals. Her approach to entrepreneurship is very different to widely perceived shrewdness required to run a business. She believes in health aspect of working culture and philanthropic intention to help the needy. Let's hear her journey from growing up in a small town in China to establishing herself in the city of London. Hello, hi, welcome to Globalization. Um, thank you very much for taking some time out today in your busy schedule. Uh, let's talk, I mean, I'm personally very interested today because you are an accountant and uh, your services are predominantly for medical professionals. But before we get into that, let's understand a bit more about your early days. Where did you grow up and how did you come to this country? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I grew up, up in China. It's um, very. It's not a big city uh, in southwest China, and I thought it was more of a provincial life, uh, very quiet and very calm. Um, but I always think about uh, living somewhere else. Like when I was eighteen, I went to university in North China, and then there's an exchange program. I happened to. Um, be exchanged to Northern Ireland. So I thought these are all very exciting because I think uh, something deep inside, I want more than just that provincial life. So I, I want to have uh, to see the world and have a different kind of lifestyle. Can you elaborate a bit more on that? Why do you say that you wanted something more than that? What was your childhood like? Okay, so because uh, in my generation, I think we have uh, like a one child policy and I was the only child uh, in my family. And I know when it's one child, your parents is always, um, they protect you, kind of overprotect. Um, and also I think something in China or perhaps, perhaps in Asia, especially when you're a girl, they expect you to be a girl. And when you grow up, expect you to be married at a certain age or expect you to be a certain way. But I always want the freedom. So I want to live a life that is on my own terms. So I don't want anyone else to determine what I will be. Um, I just want to be express, express myself freely. So the social and cultural pressure made you to make that leap to come to UK. Um, what, what were you studying at the time when you came to UK? Okay, so um, I was I, I took uh, accountancy major in my university uh, when I was in China, 
um, and came to UK, obviously it's also accountancy degree. So it's always accountancy. After that, I got I, I got into professional training as accountant. So um, that's probably something uh, not didn't didn't change that much. Right. Even though I work as accountant, so that's very straightforward. Yeah. So in terms of the barriers, uh, was language or did you did you study accounting was in English back in China? So, um, because I've chosen uh, accountancy, um, one of the reason was um, one of the reason I chosen accountancy when I was in China mm-hmm. was actually the opportunity to be exchanged to the foreign country. So, actually, when we were in China, we actually had a lecture in English. All our textbooks were in English. Okay, so that that definitely opened up some doors for you then, um, because I know that you know language um, apparently is is a barrier for people coming from China, even though they have a wealth of experience and knowledge behind them. So um, it's interesting to know that you were part of an of a university that that offered English and uh, your top subjects were in English. Tell us, tell us about uh, after you finish your university. Uh, where did you actually study in UK? So I uh, I was in University of Ulster. It's That's in um, Ireland. Yeah, in Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland, yes. Yeah. And how did you? What did you do after that? Once the course was finished, did you had any um, options in terms of staying back in the country? Uh, any visa um, like uh, offering from the UK government for international students at the time? So in my year, actually, it's very interesting year. Uh, the year I graduated, that was a time the gov- the UK government decide uh, they want to um, get rid of the post study work visa. Right. But because of year I graduated, luckily I got the very last one of this kind of visa. <laughs> right. Okay. So you're still on it, or have you moved on to that? And because now you run your own business, I'm assuming you've now entrepreneurial visa or some, something like that yeah it's now it's entrepreneurial visa okay. yeah so taking a step back so once you got the visa did you decide to start a business straight away or did you work in different companies or how easy what is to to get the job at the time well getting a job actually wasn't easy I tried uh, quite a few uh, ways to get a job because after graduation a lot of my uh, university friends like Chinese friends they either um, going to do a master degree or go back to China to to work. But I want to get straight into the professional life. So I started to uh, apply for jobs. Um, It wasn't easy. So in the meantime, I was actually uh, went into professional accountancy school to just do the accountancy exam like professional exam because I was able to study and I was able to get an internship. Which is ACCA? Yeah. Right, okay. So you did that and did you manage to get a... Were you working at the same time or were you just studying full-time for ACCA? So the first couple of months I was studying full-time but um, lately I got I got an internship. Right. So I started to uh, do a partly like a combination of work and study but once I finished, I, um, I, I was off the job in that company where I was an intern. And did you enjoy working there? I was, in, I, I enjoy working there. Um, but of course, I think um, because of the nature of the accountancy work, um, and also I worked there for about um, two or three years. 
Right. Um, I think I have learned the firm inside out. And I think over time, my, my mind or my future perspective can evolve. Right. Um, as, as I said, like earlier days, I, I was thinking I want more than just this provincial life. And once I worked there for a couple of years, and I just thought I want more, I, I want more than that. <laughs> yeah. So that, that brings us nicely to our next question that, um, it, you know, you, you obviously work now within uh, run this little company of yours, uh, targeting a very specific clientele. So tell us about how you decided to start. What was the trigger point for you to start your own organization? Okay, so I actually had the idea of having my business, I think, um, in very early days. Um, but the other reason, which is also a very important factor, that's actually the visa pressure. Because the time my uh, post-study work is running out, I have to make a decision. I have to make some sort of leap because I want to stay here and eventually want to start a business. And at the same time, I actually finished the contract with my old company. So I just thought, why don't I start it, giving it a try? I was, uh, I was working with a business mentor already when I was still working full time. So I was already having the, having the thought of starting a business. Mm -hmm. But once the contract is finished, I just thought, why don't I just give it a try and put a whole heart into the business? And now, um, because of the leap of faith, so mm -hmm. it's all come into reality. So you, how quickly did you come up with this business plan and application for the entrepreneur visa? Because I believe that's, that's quite an extensive application where you actually have to demonstrate that you're giving back to the economy in some way and uh, you, you will, you're likely to have a successful venture. So how did you go about all that? It's actually very, um, it, it's not smooth at all. Mm -hmm. um, coming out a business plan or make sure, or even make sure um, your application not just your business, but your application for that visa is exactly what they required. That takes a lot of time and a lot of work. Um, but I think what happened to me at that moment was the first application actually was a refusal. But I think that also the blessing in disguise because that bought me more time to prepare for my business. And by the time I, I applied the second time, and I was fully prepared. I was ready, and it just uh, got approval with, with, yeah, very quickly. So I'm, I'm curious to understand the clientele that you chose to serve. What made you choose that? Why medical professionals or doctors? So um, medical professional, I think it's very close to health. Um, I'm always into health and fitness in my, in my spare time. Um, I like to do like lots of exercise thing. Um, even when I was working full time, I, um, <laughs> funny enough, I took a personal trainer course on the side because I was really interested in this area. And um, so I, I know what I'm doing with the fitness. Um, the time also when I started the business, a couple of friends, um, which we all enjoy the same like fitness thing, they, are, they happen to be doctors. And they know I'm accountant and they have some specific needs, things like their professional fee, they have to, they want to claim the tax rebate. But because these people are really busy, they tend to pull these things off. But most of the people, they can claim 
a couple thousands um, if they haven't been claimed for a couple of years. So um, they, they asked me for help and I thought that's a very interesting niche and I thought why don't I just focus on that, having that experience and understanding their perspective. Uh, by the way, my, my partner at that time it was also the doctor, right. so I, um, I had a close understanding of what they think about tax, uh, what's their fear, what's their uh, emotion around tax. Right. And wait, are we, what kind of tax are we talking, so what kind of doctors first of all, are these NHS doctors, these are private doctors, just a bit of, give, give a bit more flavor around what kind of doctors are we talking here? So um, I think in terms of a private or public, I, it's a combination of, of them, but I tend to attract majority their general practitioners. Uh, they are a couple of uh, specialists, uh, but these are mainly private specialists. Especially nowadays, it's hard to be self-employed uh, when you are working for the hospital because there are some regulation change. Um, but general practitioners or some private specialists, um, these are the people um, I tend to attract. Okay. So, in terms of now widening your horizons with the current business, are you limiting to just catering for the med medics or uh, just medical business as as a as a specific niche clientele, or do you plan to expand and just because accounting I think can apply to so many fields, it's it's quite generic as well. If you are an accountant, you obviously are very niche and you cater to that specific market, but then you are an accountant to begin with. So where do you plan to drive this now um, with 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 the business you have? I think uh, primarily I still like to work with doctors uh, because these people, again, it's very specific. Um, I think they have specific niche uh, needs. Uh, for accountancy, of course, like for doctors or as a, as a other, other profession, other business, majority of the things they are quite similar, but uh, it's more of understanding uh, what doctors, their attitude or their, their fear about the taxes because these people, they are very busy, um, understand their lifestyle, understand their perspective. So that's what I'm, that's what I really, I, I really, why I really want to work with them. Um, in terms of uh, expanding to other businesses or anything else, um, to be honest, on my book or on my uh, client base, I do have other businesses. Um, but it just uh, in terms of me going out market myself, I don't always proactively saying I work with everyone. Um, so there, there's a degree of flexibility, um, but in terms of the client, I do have some other businesses, mm -hmm. in particular service-based business. They tend to have very low overheads. Um, and majority of the time, they can they can get a profit. They can earn profit easily, but most of mostly they want to be tax efficient. So, as a growth model, then um, based on the fact that you want to cater specifically to the medical profession, uh, I understand. Then the next logical step would be to start marketing yourself, getting yourself out there. Um, what are some of the very you know next plans for that? How do you plan to expand your your company? Well, 
I think uh, for my for my business, I uh, this current business, I more want to get um, have its uh, lifestyle business. Uh, I don't expect it to be like big corporation or anything, but uh, mm -hmm. a few things that was certain was um, I want to have a like environment that people are happy to work in, um, and also one of my passion again is related to health and fitness. Currently, I have uh, put a small percentage of money into the global causes uh, related to health, uh, like um, helping helping like kids in India, help, uh, like give them sports facility, because these are the things that are close to my heart. So um, I'm I want to have this business built around uh, like something bigger than itself. That's that's very interesting. There is a philanthropic work within your organization as well. So, what made you choose India over China? Just out of curiosity. What made me choose? I'm sure there might be a lot of uh, kids in China where you can go and help them as well. But why India, not China? It's actually. Uh um, I think the kids in India. That was one of the examples uh, mm -hmm. because the one the platform I uh, I work with or I use like to donate my money is called B1G1. That's uh, that's called business. That is buy one give one, buy one give one. Okay. So that's really for businesses. They want to uh, make a contribution to any courses. Right. Of course, I also help other other things that are related to health, like giving access to clean water. Yeah. Um, that Indian, the kids in India happen to be wonderful project in health. Probably we influenced you because you're sitting here, <laughs> so you're like, oh, let me give an example of Indians. <laughs> Okay, uh, what, uh, I mean, obviously you establish yourself now, you're running, you know, very independent uh, women, settle away from your home country. What, what are your thoughts of your parents now? I mean, you know, obviously when you were growing up, they had a different perspective of where your life should go. What, are they proud of you? Are they, do they come and visit you? How, how what's the relation there? Okay, so um, at the moment, I think um, of course early earlier days we had a quite a quite a bit of conflict in terms of uh, my future or my career, um, but now because they see me has established a business here and has grown my company and has done really well uh, in their in, in their eyes, so they think they they started to accept everything. Um, but what I realized was, this, despite all these um, conflicts, all these disagreements, at the time it was hard. But uh, I realized they have always been supporting me. So um, I am always grateful for what whatever they have done for me, uh, even if there's a lot of things like orally. Um, I think especially my mom, like orally, she want, she was like uh, disagree with. Uh, have have an opinion on everything, but internally, eventually, she has supported me uh, throughout the, this uh, this journey. So I'm really grateful, and we have a now we chat on the phone, and I visit back um, about once a year, um, and also I think uh, the other thing about this family, what I also learned in terms of relationship with my. My parents, uh, with different opinion, is really having you know maintain a relationship with someone uh, with have a have a different opinion than me. I don't have to always argue against them, but um, having this sort of a 
understanding, understand different perspective, and still maintain the peace between us. So, have you started a trend within your um, what, like extended family, so to speak, where you have cousins saying, "Look at Hannah, she's made it for you know, I want to follow her, etc." Or is it something they say, you know, just, or is it a different story? Um, in terms of my extended family, um, of course, like in the same generation, we are all more of like a free-minded. Two of my cousins, they are actually based in America. They they were born in America, yeah. so I think one of the younger one, um, she, she's she's kind of. Um, look at me because when I was uh, when I was little I was like really shy as well and she now look at me a uh, different person and doing all this public speaking and run the business she was like following me and she said if I uh, go to America sometime uh, if I go there to speak and she will come and follow so yeah I think um, they they, we, we all have different style, but yeah, um, yeah I, I'm glad that um, in the same generation, we have all made our, our way. Yeah, well, That's good to know. Yeah. Um, I understand you are also very active on Facebook Live and yeah. under Wealth Ability yeah. Branding. Yeah. What is that about? If you can just give us a bit of a brief on that. Okay, so the Facebook Live, I actually started doing Facebook Live every week um, about this time last year. Um, it started out just wanting to use Facebook Live to um, to promote my business. I was um, because a lot of uh, clients they ask me questions about guidance on tax, and apparently there's not enough uh, information that are explained in a simple way. So I thought I just take one question each time, and talk about it on the Facebook Live. But then over time it has evolved. I started also started to interview other experts in my show, um, and then it just suddenly come out this name wealth ability. I thought it's really cool. It's actually the ability to create your own wealth, and also one of my taglines um, help you to discover your ability to create wealth. I think that is very close to what I do in terms of uh, helping people with a tax bill, helping people with their money. Uh, the fact that I interview other experts, these experts also um, uh, work with money as well, like financial, financial planner, financial advisor, or money mindset coach. So I thought that would be, um, that, that's, a, that's an interesting thing to do. Okay, so let's drill down a bit on your services that you offer to your end clients. So obviously, uh, professionals or medical professionals, etc. But let's say I'm a doctor. If I have to come to you, how would you pitch your services to me? Or I'm sure you'll have some kind of introductory call with me to understand my earnings, savings, etc. My uh, lifestyle in terms of uh, how a doctor's lifestyle is. But how would you then package that back? Are there any features, any uh, proposals that you have, like a package, so to speak, gold, silver, platinum, know, <laughs> something like that? Yeah, um, for accountancy service, it's actually a kind of a tricky thing. I do have different level of packages. And of course, I think the other thing I pick up with my mentor is we, I do have a software. I do have a system that calculates the package calculate the pricing so it depends on your personal circumstances depends on how you keep all your records or what you what what level of service you need 
So um, normally what I do um, is always um, understand their perspective first, understand from inside out. I think very common thing for doctors nowadays, these people work really hard and they can be a combination of being employed as well as being self-employed. So these are very common. Um, and quite often what's their, what's, what can be their pain was um, they can work seven days a week, especially at the tax season. I had, I had a client before because um, he was self-employed before and the tax bill was, was big uh, when he was with his previous accountant. So I remember there was once he told me he was uh, the whole month, he has been working seven days a week and he was totally burned out in order to fund that tax bill. But um, I think for, for my perspective, it's really understand, it's really um, understand that working seven days a week for the doctor, it's not, it's not sustainable because doctors, they're supposed to look after other people's health. But if they, if they are burning out themselves, it's hard to help a lot more people. So um, the main perspective, of course, they want to reduce the tax bill. They want to make sure their cash flow is good. But um, eventually, it's um, have less of this working seven days a week, <laughs> have, a, have a few of these occasions to happen. So you are doctor to the doctors. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, I think there will be a lot of entrepreneurs listening who would want to know a couple of things about starting your own business, for instance. Mm -hmm. A, to have a mentor, a guide within the area to guide you. And secondly, mm -hmm. I think um, what everybody uh, struggles with is the first step, the initial step, especially if a business requires initial seed capital, if it requires you to quit your job to then start the business. Um, what are some of the, the tips that you know you found useful while setting up your own business that you'd like to share and you think could really be of value to people? Okay, so when it comes to setting up a business, I think, um, of course, different uh, people have like different scenario. For me, um, I on one side, I wanting to start a business. The other side, I have the visa pressure. Um, for others, it can be totally different. But I think one thing we can always have is just, just uh, we, we are always resourceful. So for me, I, I did have a great mentor help me with my weakness. When I started, my biggest weakness was actually selling. I was really struggled, um, like say, go out and promote my business, talk about uh, what I offer, talk about my company or asking for the sale. I thought that's, that was like snake oil selling. <laughs> I wasn't comfortable with that, but I did have a mentor help me with the sale. And also I real made me realize I don't have to be that pushy salesperson. To become to become a great to become great in sales, and he made made the process really comfortable. He made me write down all the questions, um, so that has made a huge difference. Um, but as a business evolved, I did have uh, different mentors because at different stage I do have different goals. I, my tip would be um, find someone, uh, find a business mentor who has done what you have done and follow, follow that person. And how, just curiously, how did you actually set off? Now we're sitting in your lovely office here in Morgate, 
but how, uh, wh when you got your first ever client, where did you operate from? <laughs> I actually operated from home. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think um, the other great thing is nowadays business can be easy, easily set up from home mm -hmm. uh, because of technology, um, because a lot of things can be cheaply done. Like we use social media. I use social media a lot. Uh, a lot of the business actually from LinkedIn by just using a free feature. So I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, um, even if uh, say people say they, they are tight in cash at the beginning, but a lot of the free stuff we can take advantage of. We can start mm -hmm. from home, we can use all the free tools, use social media uh, to get everything to make a huge difference. That's a good tip. Now, um I'm going to ask a last question and yeah. wrap up the, um, the episode, but I'm going to ask a stereotypical question. Yeah. How good are you in martial arts? Very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, last year I got my black belt in Taekwondo. Wow. Um, that's actually something, again, w when it comes to uh, back to my earlier life, my, my childhood, I always want to do martial arts uh, as a little girl. But my parents, uh, because they think you are the girl, why you are doing these things, it's violent, it's not for you. Um, I didn't get to start until I was uh, 18 years old, where I am free to choose what I want. But since I started, I just felt, I just felt so right. The, 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 the first day I stepped into the mat, I felt so right. That's interesting. Do you put on your invoice in bottom somewhere I'm a black belt in Taekwondo just in case they don't pay on time? <laughs> well, that, that can be a good strategy. <laughs> good tip. Yeah. I will think about that. Well, on that note, Hannah, thank you very much for your time today. Thank it was you. lovely talking to you and wish you all the best for your future. Thank you very much. Thank you, Hannah. Hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. You can catch all upcoming episodes on the website globalize-asian.co.uk or via your iOS or Android devices. Also, if you wish to join us as a speaker and share your story, please do drop us a message via the contact form on the website.